Welcome to the Monster RX 93.1 podcast channel. Interviews, features, music, live performances, fun and conversation only from Manila's hottest, Monster RX 93.1. Rico and Carla is about to go live online. Catch select moments of all out, all out hit music, all out celebrity interviews, all out showbiz and sports news, all out fun. Mid mornings on the Monster streaming video on the Monster Facebook page at RX931, the Monster YouTube channel at RX931, or Twitch.tv/MonsterRX931. Your all out hosts Rico Robles and Carla Aguas. Stand by and enjoy the program. Oh my god. I'm ready. I think it's you who isn't ready, Rico. Yeah. I mean, this guy. Monsters, I'm going to say it in Filipino just because. Nagpapa cute na si Kuya. So get ready, guys, for the interview of Rico's like life. He's ready for this. So I'm going to let you do the honors, bro. This is your show. I'm just going to chill. Like, go for it. You know, they do say that, you know, in every 10 years, maybe 20 years, you get a handful of great musicians and you do get that selected and chosen few that could actually spearhead a movement of music and command the genre itself. She is a Grammy winner joining us all the way from New Orleans. The one and only Annie Claude St. Vincent. What's up? Hi, how you doing? Thank you for that. Oh my gosh, you don't understand. Oh Rico has been so excited to get you on the show. I remember like a couple of years ago, he sent me this video of you doing this Nirvana tribute with the guitar and stuff. And he was just like, this lady is incredible. My goal for our show is to get her one day. And look, it took a pandemic, but here we are. So thank you for joining us, Annie. Before anything else, how are you? How have you been? Oh, thank you. Um, well, dreams come true uh, <laughs> for all of us. Good news. I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, the record came out, Daddy's Home came out um, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, and that's been really fun to kind of have it be released into the world and have it just be for the fans now and get, you know, get that you know, get it, get it into people's ears finally and into their lives. So that's been great. And um, I'm in New Orleans right now. Uh, I wish this was my house, but it's not. I'm my friend opened a, opened a hotel called the Hotel Saint Vincent, oh. and so we came. I came and played a show uh, to sort of commemorate the opening. And it was the first live show I played in two years, and it was the first live music that's happened. You know, for. Every everybody here who who saw it, I mean, because we've just obviously been shut down, like like the rest of the rest of the world. So it was so fun. I mean, I missed it so much. I I miss shows so much, and just getting a little taste of it was like. <sighs> I mean, you know, to, to get that feeling to be on stage after a long time, and then to get on the and the crowd. How was the reaction? They introduced you, and what was the first song that you played? Oh, the the first song we played was "Pay Your Way in Pain" with the full, you know, the choreograph choreography and the movement. <laughs> and people were just so excited. And um, I mean, I honestly, it's not like I ever forgot how much I love playing live. But if you don't have that that feeling, there's no way to get that feeling in everyday life. Like all 
the fact that it's a live show and anything can happen, you know, anything, any magic could happen, anything could go wrong and you have to, you know, adjust for it and be on your toes and, um, you know, you get to be in a room or a outdoor area full of people, thousands of people, and you get to like dream the same dream for an hour and a half and like you push them and they push you and you just get this connection that, that really, there's not another way to get it in mm. life. But really, it's it's such a special, magic, truly, truly magic thing that, man, I missed it. I'm, I think it's so incredible that, you know, it's been two years since you got to perform live and to be able to do it at a friend's event, you know, with a hotel that, I mean, you could totally say it's named after you. Girl, you are living your best life. I mean, was it? I know it was an incredible moment for you and you realized how much you love performing live. But right before going on, were you a little nervous? Were you a little like, oh man, like it's been two years? What if your girl's a little rusty? I mean, like what was the routine or the little something that you did right before performing that sort of got you in the zone? Well, yes, I was a little nervous. I mean, and this was a small event, you know, this was 300 people maybe. And, um, but I was a little nervous, I gotta say. And I just got in the room with the band and we did like, you know, I sang with the singers and we did vocal, uh, not vocal warm-ups, we just like sang together and just singing and playing music just kind of grounds me and centers me and really puts me in my body. And then once I'm in my body, then I can like, really go out and, and give it you know I love it's like, it it's like I own, I, I own the stage yeah you know and I, I remember mean? she was like it's just a small crowd like 300 people honey yeah. I would I would cry <laughs> I would be like oh my god I don't even know 300 people but Rico carry on go <laughs> You know, with, with also the guitar playing, when you when you went on live on stage, did you do some sort of warm-ups? Was there a song that you were warming up to that not a lot of people know before you go on the show? Mm. Oh, man. I mean, my get, one of my guitar warm-ups is actually um, a Tool song because it's really... Tool is really hard to sing and play at the same time. So it's very you know, kind of... If I if I can do that, then I'm like, all right, I'm good. You know, I can, <laughs> I can go out there and play... Um, yeah, gosh, some Pearl Jam. Sometimes I warm up with some Pearl Jam. Wow, you know the deep cuts. I love it. <laughs> she's such a cool person. Like she's just naturally cool. I love it. I mean, <laughs> with that being said, Annie, like you know, the pandemic hit us in 2020, and you know, I feel like it also really hit artists hard. It was a time where, you know, you guys were really hit creatively in a way because. No live shows, you know, like people had to distance. There were lockdowns implemented. As an artist, how did you cope with that? Because, I mean, we've got this amazing new music from you, yes. But before getting to that, how were you able to cope and adjust to everything that was changing at a time where no one knew anything, you know? How did you handle it? I mean, I was I was in it in it with everybody um i mean first i guess i should say i'm really lucky and nobody n none of my close friends or family got terribly sick or passed away or anything like that so i feel really lucky there um but i mean i guess it was it was probably a similar experience to a lot of people where i realized i'd been like on that treadmill you know i've been going i started putting out i started touring in 2005 like 
pretty nonstop. So I realized like, man, my whole adult, you know, life has been spent on the road. And I hadn't, I honestly hadn't been in one place for more than two weeks in years, like years. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, okay, I've been here for two weeks. Uh, it's time to, I'll, I'll take a trip here. I'll go play a show or I'll do something. So um, so that was really something to, to, to find myself in that position and, and really slowing down. Um, yeah. And I gotta be honest, I mean, it was a little, it was nerve wracking at, at the beginning, but the fact that we were kind of all in it together and it's not like, it's not like I was slacking per se. It's mm-hmm. like we just we all had to do this. Um, I was able to get into a really nice rhythm with writing, where um, usually what happens is like you're writing a record, and writing is sort of like like working out a muscle. Like you get better at it the more you do it, and like when you're in the flow of writing, you're just like oh, oh, oh great, really in shape as it were. Um, and but usually what happens is you get really good and your muscles are really good at writing and then all of a sudden you're like okay the record's done you need to go promote it and go on tour and do the do the thing and you you kind of stop writing right at your peak mm-hmm. of but I just got to keep going you know and I, I did uh, just a lot of um, kind of just a lot of exploring and tinkering in the studio and um you know, did a lot of ill-advised home improvement, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Baked some you know. banana bread. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh. You know, everybody did their their sourdough. I think. Yeah. Everybody tried oh. make, baking sourdough bread. Um, no, you know, learned how to do some plumbing. Got a pretty respectable tool. Uh, you know, like hammers her. and stuff. But <laughs> collection. Hands on. Hands on. Oh, that's that's all about. You know, but. Get her done. For those, are, for those that are tuned in, Andy Clark is joining us. No, that's not her house. She's at a hotel, but it just looks nice. Everything just looks lovely. <laughs> say that this is my house. I we'll, wish this oh, was We'll house, say. Right? Okay, we're hanging out with St. Vincent. Her house is really cool. Um, Facebook.com yeah. slash rx931. YouTube.com slash rx931. <laughs> you know, Annie, we actually have a question here from Marisa Raquel over on Twitter. It's a really good question, and um, she just wants to know, you know, Living the dream is so good, and that guitar solo is just the cherry on top. How did you come up with this and your guitar solos in general as your songs sound different from one another? I think that's so interesting. Can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the question. Um, Yeah, I mean, Living the Dream is a song that's obviously very, like, Pink Floyd and Beatles Mm -hmm. uh, homage-y. for me, I find that um, I have better like ears and ideas than um, sometimes just hands. Mm-hmm. So for me, the guitar solo at the end of "Living the Dream," I would just uh, I would just improvise vocally over it. So I was like, it's like, ooh, that's cool. Okay, and I'll play that on guitar. And so you kind of like the way that the way that I find it's a little bit more it's easier to be like very lyrical mm-hmm. with guitars if i hear them first and then play them mm-hmm. instead of just doing this and then i improvised you know some uh too on on the on the solo but but it really kind of came from i was kind of picturing it just more composed and floral and and, and all that so i sang it 
That's interesting. I mean, I you know, as, as, as far as guitar playing, we all know the video game Guitar Hero. You'll be that person <laughs> that we will have to go against. You'll be that guardian oh, no. in a certain stage, right? But when did you discover that playing lead and playing solos, uh, were you a fan of, of Stevie Ray Vaughan? Were you a fan of Jimi Hendrix? You yeah. Know, who, I mean, as far as music is concerned. Well, I mean... I don't know about you guys, let me know, but I mean, I remember the first time I heard Jimi Hendrix and it was like, it was like the sky turned to fire and a portal opened up and I was like, what? You know, it's like you see into another dimension when you listen to Jimi Hendrix. I just, and I, I think I was, I was 12, you know, um, and I went to a CD store and bought the ultimate experience uh, mm. and just fell in love with it um so yeah that and then also there's a, so many great solos in um music from the early 70s because you know stevie wonder great solos there not just guitar but but other things and steely dan there's always like you know there's guitar solos or sax solos or whatever in every song um and i and those are the kind of solos that you they're so um musical that you you can sing them you know mm -hmm. um and i i really kind of fell in love with that that style of, of playing and um i thought also you know there haven't been that many guitar solos in modern in, in, in quite some time that's yeah. right it's just a bunch of beats that people be doing some disco yeah. beats some some thumbsuit now daddy's home gives a whole whole different turn from from this uh sort of like voguish vibe then you go to the 70s 60s mm -hmm. 70s vibe what was the inspiration behind it and was this done during the pandemic the shift for daddy's yeah. home yeah yeah well it was half and half so i I'd started working on the songs for Daddy's Home before the pandemic. Probably, you know, five, six months before the pandemic, I started writing. I think the first song I wrote for the album was the song Somebody Like Me. Um, I thought I got this kind of pretty Harry Nilsson-y kind of thing. I wonder what to do with it. Um, but then I started working with my friend Jack Antonoff, who co-produced the record and, you know, works with Taylor Swift and Lord. And he's just, he's such a great dude and such a great musician. Um, and I remember walking into Electric Lady Studios with them and wow. going, oh, I think I want to do like a down and out downtown kind of thing. You know, downtown New York is it's, you know, music that I've listened to since I was like eight years old. I love it. But it's it's hard to play. I mean, like it's, mm. you know, it's it's more sophisticated and, and sort of more intricate and, you know, very much about groove and feel. And uh, as a musician, I was like, you know, I think I, I think I'm finally good enough to like play this and kind of play it convincingly, and and put my spin on it. So um, we went in, and I, I was kicking around this song called "The Holiday Party," which, and Jack started playing Wurlitzer, and played some drums, and I played acoustic guitar, and you know, just we put, we put the song together. I called my friend to bring, you know, put some great horns on it and and all of a sudden it was like oh yeah this like this palette like it's warm it's wooden it's spacious and it's really different for me mm. like it's i'd gone as far as i could go in a sort of 
um, hypersexualized in a funny way. To me, it was funny, mm. like sort of extra hyper color, hyper <laughs> kind of music. And yeah. I was like, I, I'd like to kind of take a step back and um, and and you know lean lean back into the like old leather armchair of this music. You know, mm. um, so. Um, so yeah, so that's that's how it how it started, and I kept writing songs in you know with that spirit in mind and with these instruments in mind. And then lockdown happened, and we just continued making. We made probably half before, and then half mm-hmm. after lockdown, just sending files back and forth. You know, <laughs> it just sound like we were all you know in the same room, and but uh, you know. It's, it's, it's a laid back vibe of bell bottoms and nice bangs. I love it because it's not something you hear anymore, you know. And when you hear it, it brings you back. Like you just feel so comforted and so like safe. I don't know. I love it. I love the vibe. And you know, Annie, it's so wonderful to see how bold and crazy you can be in terms of your creativity that you're not afraid to go from one end of the spectrum to the other i mean how do you stay inspired to be that creative because you know it's one thing to be an artist and to you know hone your craft it's another to be in the middle of a pandemic you know doing things a little more unorthodox sending files back and forth to create this incredible masterpiece that is so different from anything else we're hearing right now. I mean, how did you do it? How? Thank you very much. I think, I mean, I think part of it was, you know, there was no uh, accidental inspiration, Mm -hmm. say, in, in the pandemic. And I just wanted to go to another world. I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to make the world that I, that I want to live in. Cause this is, you know, tedious or it's boring or it's scary or uh, depressing or all those things. So I just wanted to kind of, I got to just make a world that, that I wanted to feel it. And I think, I do think there was something to during the pandemic, I found myself listening to things that made me feel safe mm-hmm. and comforted and warm and like embraced and I think that I um that inspired something about that inspired daddy's home and kind of wanting to feel like just music that was a hug um Mm -hmm. instead of music that's like this like (laughs) wrangle you um (laughs) so uh there's that and I mean I the, the best things in my life happen when I just follow my gut and and follow the music where it goes and, and try to do my best by it and um, take chances. I mean, honestly, like, life is short and absurd. Like, what are we doing? Like, we might as well, like, have a lot of fun with it. And and that and this this record to me, and, and in terms of getting to tell the story through the music and then continue to tell the story through, like, how I look and how the band sounds, and how the band looks and how the, you know, the record you know, vinyl feels and all that stuff. Like it's just an extension of the storytelling. And yeah. that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm a storyteller and, uh, and I want to be a good storyteller. That's really it. That's kind of my only goal in life is to, is to be good, be a good artist. So, um, and believe us, you're doing a great job. She's not <laughs> good. She's not good. She's incredible. She's great. All right. Making I mean. the door open. That's what it's about. That's what you are doing. You know what I mean? 
So, of course, those are today of Andy Clark joining us from New Orleans. Um, we do have here on the show all our questions. We just, you know, ask random fun questions. And, you know, um, Annie, out of all the people you've met, who was the most famous person you've ever performed in front of? Ooh, and, and can you remember the reaction? I know the answer to this. Okay. And it's Prince. Oh, my God. No way. Can I tell you the Prince story? Yes, please. Go. It was, it was about seven years ago. I was performing on my self to idled album. I was performing in New York. And um, I was playing at this this place called Terminal 5. And there's there was like a little crow's nest, like above the stage, where the audience couldn't see who was sitting there. But if you're on stage and you look up, you can see, like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So um, I, there was some whisper, you know, like the Prince might come, he might come to the show. I don't know. He might. And he's obviously he's Prince. He's very mysterious and has like the, you know, the, the, the mists and cobwebs and whispers and all that stuff. So, um, but the show was about to start and it was like, Oh, I guess he's probably not coming. You know, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. Get up on stage. I would start the show with this, like, you know, bizarre Pina Bausch, like, dance thing, um, even though I'm not really a dancer. I was like, well, I'll do this thing. Anyway, <laughs> do that. Um, get to my guitar, start to play the show, look up, and I just see, like, you know, the shadowy figure with the sunglasses, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Prince is here. Prince is here. I wish I didn't know. Like, I wish I knew <laughs> after. <laughs> I I, but I Every once in a while, I kind of like look up and it's like, oh, there's Prince. I'm like, okay, play a little harder. You know, like, really, you do do the best you can. Um, so that's, I I think, what what I would say. Uh, Prince would be the most, um, you know, like shivers down your spine, famous person. Um, and he stayed for the whole show. Wow. Which I'm, I'm told he doesn't always. Like, I, I'm told Prince, you know, has no qualms about, or had no qualms, R.I.P., about just, like, leaving after a song. Wow. So, but I was pleased about that. Um, and then I guess the other thing, the, the most famous thing would be, like, I played uh, the Oscars with Sufjan Stevens, like, a couple years ago as part of his band. Um, and so, you know, probably that whole crowd was, you know. Yeah, it's already all you, you know, Carla, insane. it's just funny that I did mention earlier before we started the interview, Annie, that if, if Madonna and Prince had a child, it would be you. I was mentioning it to, <laughs> yeah, to Talia to of, of your label. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? Such a big fan. Speaking of fans, Annie, I mean, all right, performing in front of Prince, performing at the Oscars, girl, you really are living your best life. How about the most famous or surprising person that you found out was a fan of your music? Like, whether oh, it be they DM'd you or they met you at an event or at the Oscars or whatever, and they were like, I freaking love your music. Like, what the hell? Oh, man. That's, uh, gosh, that's a good one. Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, top of your head. Oh, top of my head. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. What? Hey, okay. What? <laughs> what? The New York. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. I mean, how about that? He's he's a lovely guy and a 
obviously inc so incredibly talented and great performer, singer, writer, all that stuff. So I was very pleased that he's, yeah. He's okay. really like, I'm just in awe of her, Rico. She's <laughs> well, like so humble and casual. She's like, oh, you know, performing in front of Prince, yeah. Oscars, Lynn manuel Miranda likes my music. It's like, oh my God. I want to aspire <laughs> to be on that level. I'm sorry. That's just incredible. Rico, carry on. <laughs> you, you know, Carla, I'll never forgive myself if I don't ask this question for all the fans as well of Nirvana, you know. Um, for you to get that opportunity to get that phone call to sing Lithium at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how was that feeling to, to meet them as well? I mean, how did that happen? Did they call you up? Did they see your work? They're like, oh, we got to have her on stage. Yeah, I mean, I think, one, I got to gotta give it up for, you know, Dave and Chris and Pat. It's like, they thought, what's going to be the thing that's going to honor Kurt the most? Like, that, what, what he would have wanted. And it's like, he, he was a feminist. He was so, like, kind and all that. Mm -hmm. He inspired to have women, you know, uh, front nirvana so getting to do it with lord and joan jett and kim gordon it was like wow i can't believe i'm in the company of all these great just greats uh so actually doing it i mean man i gotta say i was really scared mm -hmm. that's the truth i was really scared and i also um i mean nirvana is the reason i played music like mm -hmm. I remember the exact moment I heard Nevermind. I remember seeing the video on MTV. Like, that's why I wanted to pick up a guitar and play. You know, I wanted to be Kurt Cobain. So to, to be in that situation and, and was like, I still actually don't, don't really know where to put it. Mm -hmm. I still don't know. I know that it happened because there's evidence of it. Um, but I don't, I'm not really sure. I still haven't like processed it. And the other thing is the, the deeply bittersweetness of it was we all just wish it was Kurt. Like that's, there shouldn't be other people inducting Kurt into the, you know, he should, he should be alive. So, you know, a lot of feelings about it, but man, the honor of a lifetime, certainly to be asked, like. And man, when they start, when they start, like when the song starts, it's just like, this is a freight train. You are jumping on it or you are getting bulldozed. Like, it's just like, it's the energy playing with those guys is like everything. It's so exciting. It's so visceral. It's so exciting. I love and, it. And the song that you sang was lithium and it was the energy level, everything. I was showing Carla the video. That's she didn't the video. Mention. I was yeah. Like, I was like, yo, he this girl did a great job. Like over and over and over. Like one oh, she morning. Killed it. And we were here at the station. He was like, I have to watch it one more time. And I'm just like, dude, like, wow, I've never seen you like this. And it turns out, like, a few like, years later, we it. get you on this show. I mean, what a dream come Amazing. true for Amazing. Rico. Now, I will never be able to forgive myself if I don't ask you these last two questions. Annie, first one <laughs> ultimate comfort food. You're sad, you're happy. This is what you turn to. It's your favorite. Ultimate comfort food. Oh, like pasta. Okay. I love her. Yes, marry me. She loves carbs. Okay. Last question. <laughs> you are an incredible artist. You're an incredible musician. Your songs are ridiculous. 
What is one song that you wish you wrote? Like a song oh, that's God. already out there that you're just like, gosh darn it, I wish this was my song. So many, man. Um, oh, where do where do I begin? Uh, this is, like this a, is really a weird thought provoking <laughs> question. Um, I'm gonna say that Dylan song, just like Tom Thumbs Blues, that Nina Simone covered it. Um, you know, if you see Saint Annie, tell her thanks a lot. I cannot move, and my fingers are not. Do you know that, you know what I'm talking about? It's it's an old, whatever. It's, it's a classic. It's a, it's a classic. It's I mean, there's for so me. Many, there's so many, that's just the first one that sort of popped popped into my mind. And there you go. First time here. First time hearing your song on the radio. That that feeling of the first time hearing your song on the radio. Oh, it's a yeah. That's a funny one. Um, because what happens is like, it the song starts and it doesn't register because you're so like. I don't know. I don't expect to hear my songs on the radio. So um, it doesn't register. And you're like, God, this is familiar. What is? And then it dawns on <laughs> you like, oh, what? this is my song. This is me. Um, that, that's, that's pretty exciting when it, when it happens. She's so cute. I love her. <laughs> I mean, I know Rico wishes we could have you for longer. I do as well. I mean, for two days I on mean, the show. we could just talk for hours. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Oh, Before yeah. you go, thank you, thank you. message to all your Filipino fans who have been requesting for your songs and just love and support you even from oh. thousands of miles away. Well, first of all, thank you. I would love to come and see you guys soon and get to play and have us just spend an hour and a half together in a room just like sweating and screaming and singing i mean it was the best thing in the world so i hope that gets to happen soon and thank you and i love you that's all i love her love you too (laughs) (laughs) can we you guys are the sweetest can we talk every day anytime i'm feeling low oh my Um, god of course just message us we are right here for you girl we will talk for hours rico will cry it'll be a good thing play my guitar over and over oh my god no you will not rico you do not perform in front of her she's like (laughs) <laughs> but Annie, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Daddy's Home, of course, is out, Monsters. Thank you got to listen to it. It's wonderful. We wish you all the best. Hopefully, you can come on over to the Philippines soon. Yeah. And we could just Fingers hang out in a show. But thank you so much, Annie. Like, sounds seriously. great. Thank you, guys. You are so lovely. Thank you, Rico. Thank you, guys. Uh, all right. Take care. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, get up for Annie Clark. <laughs> Oh, oh my, my gosh. Are you okay? Are you okay, Rico? Oh, yeah. You okay? You, you know, they do say, <laughs> yeah, you know, if she had her Prince moment, that was my Prince moment. You know what I'm saying? It's like you you watch someone who performed really well with, of course, your your musical idols and icons and all of a sudden hold her, her own space down. And regardless of what type of music she puts out, yo, mm-hmm. it's it's different when you are charging when you're leading the way for genres and and bending that envelope and pushing that envelope and she's doing that yeah and it's just amazing let's continue to support her music can't wait for her to be in the philippines you know oh what my I mean? gosh you're Even gonna be like I... front row it's gonna be you Yo. just like right there yeah, even if I have to pay for the ticket, I'll even treat you, Carla. <laughs> but there you have it, monsters. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys enjoyed our interview. This is, of course, a doublehead of a show with us, Andy Clark. 
St. Vincent. More exciting stuff. Keep it locked in here for Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And on air, she is Carla Aguas. She's Rico Robles live. And since we had her on the show, how about we play her latest track? Your St. Vincent track's called Down. Keep it locked in on The Monster. The Monster, RX 93.1 podcast channel. The best podcast content online. Only from Manila's hottest, Monster, RX 93.1.